excited today to introduce Chris Burns to the show. Chris earned his degree in marketing and is a social media practitioner with nearly 20 years of experience in digital marketing. In his current role at Lux Lolo Media and when he isn't speaking, Chris educates and helps business people understand how to effectively use digital marketing to stand out and help their bottom line. We had a really interesting conversation. I was able to learn so much from Chris, just to be able to look at things in a different way. He talked about things that were challenging for him, and I think it takes a, a lot of courage to start things from scratch and to be a business person in today's media. I think it's so interesting. Um, anyway, we had a great conversation, and all of the information on how to contact Chris through Lux Level Media is in the show notes. Enjoy. We're really excited today to have Chris Burns with us. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are and where you're at and what kinds of things you do. Yeah, I think the easiest way to put it is I'm just a bit of a serial entrepreneur. I've been in marketing for at least 20 years, and that kind of dates back to being in my college and high school days. And it's always been a part of my career. Rather than giving you my whole life story, marketing for me really became a way of life and really a career probably seven or eight years ago when I started working in the agency world. And at that point, I was also in the process of starting my first business. And I, I really learned a lot of strategies on tactics about how to really scale and grow my business. So I was able to use my business as a bit of a guinea pig to test things to see what worked and what didn't work. Then I could also simultaneously talk to my clients about my lessons that, that were learned and my success stories, my case studies. And that was always a, a great way to do it. And so as I continued to work through the agency life, which I enjoyed very much, I found a lot of people that wanted to work with me directly. And yeah, deep down inside, I really always wanted to be a marketing consultant while I simultaneously never really wanted to own a big agency. And so I decided to go out on my own and be an independent marketing consultant. And that kind of turned into some really great opportunities to lead a student-led marketing agency at a local university, which then led to some awesome contract work, which then led to me eventually teaching social media at a local university, same school, and uh, building a, a small team where, where now we do marketing strategy and marketing consulting or a lot of small, medium businesses, as well as a lot of nonprofits. So in addition to owning a, a couple different businesses, marketing is really the core of what I do and the core of what I really love. So what do you have people start with? What is your, your initial first thing for a marketing strategy? What would you say to potential clients? That's a good question. Depends on the client, but mostly the conversations that we have, whether someone's, it's a friend asking for help or a big business. Most people think it's strategy, but I actually think it's one step before that. And the first thing before a strategy is typically a self audit. And 
whether it's a personal brand, a small business or a big business, you should always look back and take an inventory of what you have and what you've done. And what I mean by that is whether you go through 10 posts or you go through a hundred posts and your entire digital footprint. So your website, your Google, my business, your social media pages and, and beyond and say, what, what do we look like? What do people perceive our brand? Are we consistent? Are we non-consistent? Are we advertising or not advertising? And then you look at a few competitors and then you'll have a really good understanding of, wow, we're not doing well at all. Or you might say, hey, you know what? We're actually doing better than we thought. And then you take that information and then you put that into the strategy because it's, for me, it's really hard to say, well, Chris, you know, we want 20% more website traffic. Okay. Well, how are you going to get it? All right. Well, what, what do you have now that you can base that off of? So if you haven't looked at your analytics and your metrics, for me, it's kind of wishful thinking to make up what I would call an arbitrary number without doing the due diligence of saying, okay, this is kind of what the pattern of traffic looks like. And here's why I think that's a smart goal. So for me, always an audit. And I, I think that what you find is it's a bit like looking in the mirror and even some of the, the really the brightest minds and, and great marketing people will look at it and they'll say, oh, wow, I, I had no idea. And I'm doing one right now for a, a large company in the area. And they already kind of know because they, they had a moment of, yeah, we need some help. We just don't know where to go. And so uh, I think looking in the mirror is always the best thing to do. Then you can make an even better, more effective strategy. What if you noticed during your career that are things that you should absolutely not do when you're thinking about a marketing strategy? Yeah, it's, it's funny you ask that because I think I was telling my wife this, that I've learned about a lot of what not to do based on some leaders I've had, and also based on some mistakes I've made. And I think that that's some of the, the best learning you can have. I, I think one, when you're talking about your business, and I made this mistake early on when social media was new, like probably a lot of us did, was I'd always focus a lot of my messaging, whether I was doing social media for another company or for my own, was focusing on sales and promotions. I thought, oh, well, we need to drive sales. Let's do a 20% off coupon code or Let's do this and talk about our product. And I had zoomed out one time after I read an article that said, you know, you should sell by indirectly selling. And it was almost like the article was talking to me directly, like, what are you doing trying to bam everybody? And that's basically the gist of the article was nobody wants to see sales and discounts and your product and your service and, oh, come by now and do this. They really want to build a connection with your brand. And so I've kind of learned the lesson of you always focus on selling by indirectly selling. And people are, are listening are like, what the heck does that even mean for us? Well, you basically talk about everything but selling your product. So I go back to this one thing, which is people don't really have a relationship with a brand. They typically have relationships with people or people within that company. So whether it be a small shop in your hometown, or it'd be maybe a software that you recently invested in. Maybe you have a relationship with that person who sold you that. And so you start by building relationships with, with your following so that they can build trust in you. They can build an affinity. And eventually you create all this thought leadership content that as a byproduct, they want to do business with you. As I'm working on personally trying to build and establish a, a personal brand on LinkedIn, as we record this, I found that I've kind of gone through three months of posting every single day. 
And my old approach when I worked in the agency world was I'd be constantly emailing people. And I didn't think I was spamming people, but I kind of was. And it may not be as bad as some of the messages you currently get. And then I found, wow, you know what? Like I'm creating all this thought leadership content as a byproduct. I'm actually getting people in my inbox that want to meet with me now. And I'm, I do very little of like, hey, come buy this product or hey, come purchase a one-to-one for me for X dollars. It's really just about giving away as much knowledge as I can. And then people see me and they say, wow, this guy's really knowledgeable, nice guy, trusted, established. We want to work with him. And I, I think if, if you focus on the long game and, and, and this is the thing here, take away adding value to people's news feeds, you have a greater chance of virality. And I don't use that word loosely because I don't think it's easy to go viral. But I mean, like you could have a post that 15 people share and you just 10x the reach of it. So that that would be my approach. And I think that's the best advice I could give to anybody. I wonder what mentors or if there was books or programs that were especially useful for you as you were beginning and, and through your your journey with your work. Yeah, I, I would say that there's probably no one thing, but when I started listening to podcasts about 10 plus years ago, that is really what gave me a lot of motivation and inspiration. And some of them were entrepreneur and business specific and some were marketing specific, but I would hear these case studies of these people who went from zero to a hundred over the course of a year or two with their business. And I would learn a lot of what not to do, a lot of what to do, some great tactics. And a few of those really started with Gary Vaynerchuk or the Ask Gary V podcast. I got into Ask Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn has a couple of different podcasts. And then I got into some marketing specific outlets like Social Media Today, Social Media Examiner, and probably the best podcast I've listened to is perpetual traffic. That is probably like the, uh, the doctorate level marketing podcast, far more advanced, maybe too much advanced for the average person, but just trying to absorb as much as I can. Because as, as you know, business and marketing is changing, almost seems like as fast as the speed of light. Yeah. And every day there's a new thing that's, that's happening that I, I'm reading in my inbox. And so I'm just trying to stay up with the trends I'll never be able to get ahead. I've realized that, but try to be a sponge and learn as much as I can. And the older I get, the, the more I'm reading, the more I'm listening, and the more I realize I probably don't know what I think I know. Have you had any big challenges that you feel that you've had to work through in your life besides in a business way? Yeah, so, so, so many. I think one of the things that I, I used to think was, you know, when you're in a small business that you need to borrow money or raise capital, and I've learned one challenge is that, you know, you can do it on a bootstrap method. So you don't necessarily need all the tools, the digital tools that are out there. You don't necessarily need to spend thousands of dollars in ad budgets every month. So that, that's one lesson that I learned was, you know, don't, don't spend your way to success or into sales. You can do things that the, the hard way, which is cold messaging, cold calling, networking, things like that. But as a whole, there, there's probably a lot, but I think the big takeaway for me is really maintaining a positive attitude and, and knowing that as an entrepreneur or a leader, you're going to face a lot of adversity and we have a lot of ups and downs and not, not so much from a mental health standpoint, but really more from success. It's easy to get very high with the highs and low with the lows. 
but maintaining just an even keel attitude. And when I do have things that pop up that I get really excited about, I try to remind myself that, okay, you know, we've seen things like this come and then we've seen opportunities fizzle, only get really excited when they actually happen. And so th that, that's a key for me is trying not to get too high or too low with, with certain things that pop up. Sometimes I take my losses very personally and they, they sit with me for a while when I mess something up, but ultimately do as best as you can to just move on from those and focus on what you've learned from that opportunity. So what kinds of stuff do you do for fun in your daily life? Yeah, well, I would say for me, I feel like I'm skirting the question here, but I think work is fun. I do. I really think, you know, having a vision and, you know, if you, if, if you can find time on the weekends to put some, some time into what you do, some passion projects, that's great. But outside of that, family of five, three kids, two dogs. So we're, we're very active in their life. So I, I'm often coaching my kids' sporting teams when I can or sitting on the sidelines cheering as much as I can. And then uh, we, we love to vacation, travel, work out. They're just always busy doing something. And that to me is what makes life so great. It also makes life go by fast, which is good and bad, but I wouldn't have it any, any other way. It's funny you say that because yesterday just started basketball with my daughter. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, we just started doing that too at the YMCA. It's a, an absolute blast to see where they start and kind of how they come along just a few months later. I know it's so much fun. So do you have any projects on the horizon besides teaching? Seems like it's your new next thing. Yeah. So that, that'll probably be a, a once a, once a year kind of a thing. Teaching is a lot of fun. It's something I really enjoyed. I, I always felt like if you have something to share, you should share it. And I've, I've been around youth sports a lot. So I've enjoyed coaching because you get to see people develop. And that's part of what I enjoyed about teaching at the, the collegiate level. But yeah, just, just recently with a friend of mine, we launched business coaching slash training program called hustleleaders.com. And it's a place where we have some digital products that we sell. And, and the goal is really to educate, empower leaders, leaders, coaches, and entrepreneurs to get the most out of their life, efficiency, productivity, and um, ultimately succeed. So it's something that we're, we're excited. We just recently launched a podcast to go along with that, but it's really very much in the embryonic stages. So We'll, we'll see how that goes until it becomes an actual business. Then for the time being, it'll, it'll be a bit of a hobby, but we're excited about that. What's the name of your podcast? Soul Nation Podcast. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. If you want to connect with me, it's my URL is Chris B. Burns. And a great way to connect via message or following. LinkedIn is something that I just never got into. And I've been hearing so much about it as being an underutilized platform. Do you think that that's one of the places where things are really taking off? I love LinkedIn. It's probably one of my favorite, my favorite social media platform. It, it is a bit, I would say, misunderstood because for many years, probably the first decade, I, I remember being on the platform back in probably 2003 or 2004 when I was graduating college. It was basically a job board. It was a, it was a platform, not considered widely by many a social media platform, but more of a place where you'd go, you'd create this virtual resume. And then it was primarily used by recruiters and job seekers. Well, they were eventually bought by Microsoft and now it's turned into a bit of a Facebook for business. And it it's just 
come such a long way that now you actually have LinkedIn influencers. You've got businesses who are leveraging the platform, nonprofits, for-profits, small business, big business. Then you've got people like me who a lot who are trying to build just a personal brand to follow and they're, they're selling digital products. So people are thinking like, who is LinkedIn for? I'd say LinkedIn's for anybody. And I'm encouraging a lot of my clients, both as a business and as a professional to utilize the platform. The organic reach on the platform is a little bit higher than Facebook. And if, if you don't know what that means, organic reach means if you post something, the number of people who will see your content. So on Facebook, organic reach is probably five or 6%. So 5% of your followers see your content, LinkedIn, it's a lot higher. And also LinkedIn knows your job title. I mean, 98% of the people have a job title, a location, a company. So they have a lot more information about you. So if you're looking to connect with HR professionals, marketing professionals in a certain area or a certain country, you can do that. You can join different groups, but it is, you're, it's so much easy to get access to certain people. And because of that, I think the opportunity is just huge. Uh, the one, one thing that I really like too, is that if you and I are connected and you share a post or even like a post from one of your colleagues, I am likely to see that. That is not something that typically happens on Facebook. You don't see other people's activity. Therefore, if two people liked that same post, you then 2X the reach of that post. That may not sound like much, but if each of you have 5,000 followers, it's potential that you know, maybe up to, and it wouldn't happen that way, but maybe 8,000 of those 10,000 people see that. And it, it, virality can, can grow a lot easier on that platform. But I just love it for so many reasons. I could I could talk about it for a lot longer. No, that's really this is an interesting point. I, as a person, my job is a writer, so I don't really go and look for jobs generally. So I didn't mm -hmm. ever put myself out there. Really, I think maybe I put it up there once a long time ago because somebody was like, "Oh, you should take your name on this platform," you know. And and then I thought that that's all it was was a job board essentially. So you definitely inspired me to check it out and be more active on it. Yeah, I, I think you'd be surprised that the people who want to utilize your service or pay for your service, they're uh -huh. on the platform, your colleagues. So what some people might consider their competitors. Uh -huh. And I think it's great to keep those competitors close because it's amazing how many people will ref could refer business to you. Right. It's amazing to me the number of people who have had articles they've published that have been picked up by Forbes or TechCrunch or big platforms and opportunities just a plenty and any platform you say, well, that's not for me. I think that's just a limited mindset. And I'm not saying you should be on every platform, but right. it is definitely in my top three for every business. It, it's almost like a necessity. So if you're not, just check it out. What are your other two? Just so I can write them down. Well, I think it depends per person or mm -hmm. by the business. Facebook is, is great, but because organic reach is so low, just encouraging a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends to put some of that time into a new platform. TikTok, for example, is a, is a great platform, just that a lot of companies and people are not comfortable making videos. They've just chose not to because of that. Right. But ideally it's gonna be Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But that, again, that may differ. And there are other quality right. platforms out there as well. My, my key is just, do three and do them really well. I wish I could take your class. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's a possibility. Maybe, maybe someday I'll have a master class. 
this was really, really interesting. And like I say, I really appreciate it. Start publishing these podcasts on LinkedIn. You might be surprised. That's a great idea. Cheers. Bye. Bye. I have one last thing today. I often talk about books of the week. Well, this week, the book of the week is my book. I'm super, super pleased. My new book, Murder and Mayhem in the Willamette Valley, is true crime. It's 13 different tales of true crime. It is coming out April 24th, 2023, and it's now available for pre-order anywhere where books are sold. I'm doing a contest. If you pre-order the book, two different readers will be sent a prize from me. So if you order it, please take a screenshot of your order and send it to me at couragechecklist at gmail.com. And I'll be excited to announce the winners. things that I learned from Chris today. Number one, pay attention to your market, and then you can learn both what to do and what not to do. Number two, I thought it was super important to do a self-audit. That's something I'm going to spend some time diving into. Number three is having a positive attitude and how important your mental outlook is on your own success. Number four was all about having a vision. I think that clarifying your vision is something that most people don't take the time to do, but his advice about it really contributing to your success was excellent, I thought. I hope you all go and follow him at luxlevelmedia.com and find him on LinkedIn. That was one of my favorite parts of our conversation that spurred me to go and reignite my own LinkedIn. Go ahead and please find me on there. I'd love to interact there. I think it'll be a fun a fun exercise, but also a really great way to interact with people and sort of a new avenue. So I encourage you all to do the same. Find a new way to work the things that work for you and have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us. Sometimes we have to start